At T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. That's why we've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan. So you get it all. Unconventional thinking is better for business. Open Signal awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device acquired. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Ryan Ray and Ben Samuels present Bring in the Closers, a podcast on making deals and doing business. Welcome to another edition of Bring in the Closers. Ryan Ray, alongside... Ben Samuels. Ben, how's it going? Was that like a Freudian slip or did you have to remember who the podcast host was or did you want to like, were you hoping that Nate was going to jump in? What, what was that? You know, I, Mama said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And so that was like a elongated not saying what I, was, what I wanted to say and I just went to your name. So I thought, I thought about it, but I didn't say it. Didn't Mama also say that alligators brush their teeth? I don't, did Mama say that? I don't know. It's from, it's from, it's from Waterboy. Uh, never mind. Oh yeah, yeah. Not is. not important. Never mind. Umagabo Dada or whatever the thing. Was. Yeah, ex- exactly yeah. that. Yes, see, see, you know. <laughs> it's just been twenty years since I saw that movie. Sorry, it's uh, it's it slipped. So Ben, um, it's getting to late October. Um, what's on your mind today? That's my NPR voice. Guess you're wondering. That was good, actually. You know, I, I've been putting on LinkedIn. I think just like last week, I, you know, I was telling people that they just need to come onto the podcast or listen to the podcast just to hear your soothing voice. And you're, yes. you're, you're stepping up. And, and I, we appreciate that. You're welcome, uh, You got that pro- professional mic. You know, you, you might just put me to sleep mm. with that voice. Meaning wow. It's pretty good. Wow. I meant, okay. I meant, that a, I meant that in a good way. What a show this is going to be. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's an interesting time of the year, right? Because, so what, we're... Just about five weeks, almost five weeks exactly away from Thanksgiving. And then, you know, between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's, you know, Christmas time, generally, you know, that's kind of family time and, and people are kind of winding down. Uh, I also think that in the market, especially in the energy market, um, you know, irrespective of the market that we're seeing right now, just because of the, the dynamics, I think this time of the year, you know, you've had a lot of firms that have spent their money for the budget for 2019 already. And so they're, you know, they don't really have much of a choice other than to game plan for Q1 and kind of what they're going to be doing in 2020. Um, I also think that there's some groups that have, you have some money left to spend and, and they, they're now on the clock because they only have a couple, what, 10 weeks left in the year to put that money to work. And, and so it's kind of an interesting time in the market where there's a lot of things that are kind of getting pulled back. But if you're able to kind of, you know, if you're able to keep your uh, nose to the, uh, to the grindstone and kind of your ear to the ground and hear what's going on, I think there's still a lot of value to be had um, Perfect example. I just got uh, this morning got a call from a um, 
operator out in uh, Lee and Eddie, New Mexico, and they're looking to divest about 1,500 uh, net royalty acres in, in some core areas of, of, uh, you know, of the play. And so that's something I'm going to be working on here in the next couple of weeks, trying to put that in front of some groups. And I mean, that's, that's an example of a deal that I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't think that that would come to market middle of Q4, uh, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of being in the right place at the right time. Well, it kind of goes back to something that I, that I think about is um, I was talking to someone last week and I said, you know, I was kind of naming off the different things that were going on in November, which is kind of crazy because it's November. And usually, like you say, November, you're kind of you're kind of slowing down. <clears throat> and, and, the, and the remark I made was, is, you know, I like, as I say before on the show, I like to have a lot of lines of the water. And then sometimes you get a lot of bites. And next thing you know, it's 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 busy. But I think the, the, the maybe the overarching point here is, is that if you are are. I don't like the term lead gen, but it's the only way to describe it. If you are regularly generating leads and regularly putting people in the right position that you might capitalize on something, you do get stuff that's kind of out of the norm because you are, you know, to use the term, you have a lot of lot of lines in the water. And next thing you know, um, one of those lines gets a nipple. And so um, I think that's kind of what you're probably seeing here is that you do have a lot of different things going on, talk to a lot of people. And um, we, we, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a cliche, but it's true sales or deals or whatever it's all a numbers game right and so if you have a lot of things a lot of people you talk to a lot of people communicate with um you might have one percent of those bring a q4 deal to you but it's a q4 deal that you didn't have before yeah and, and also i mean i think one of the values of you know like you and i have like you said have a number of lines in the water is that you know, there are a few deals that i have had on my plate for for some time but just have not been a top priority uh, for one reason or another, they haven't been the most actionable item uh, you know, on the list, and so that this time of year gives me some time to really dig into some kind of the uh, some of the more of the off market and kind of ancillary stuff, and, and uh, you kind of you know it's just kind of just keep, you know like you said, keeping all the the plates in the air and seeing what you can put together. The, the other thing I like about Q4 and early Q1 is you get to hear where people think things are going. So if you sit down with someone and they say, well, you know, the capital is deployed for this year, but next year we're thinking about this. Um, okay, and maybe they bring you in now to work on that. Maybe they don't, whatever. But at least you start saying, okay, well, you know, this group's thinking about this, and then you go to somewhere office, and they're thinking about this. And next thing you know, you put together four or five groups, and they're all thinking about this. It's like, okay, well, at least there's a sentiment in the market that this is where uh, a certain segment is heading that I need to make sure that I'm positioning myself. So you can actually get a lot of intel when people aren't doing stuff, but they're planning to do stuff, um, it, because you might – I mean, to make an extreme example, you could hear, oh, we're moving all of our rigs to the MidCon. I mean, no one's doing that to know of, but theoretically, you could start to get that kind of information um, and go, oh, wow, at MidCon, it wasn't even my radar. And so now is a good time to do fact, you know, kind of fact-finding information. Yeah, this is a great time of year to be getting, um, getting, getting coffee with the people that are in your network and kind of just uh, pinging them, seeing what they've got going on, seeing what they're hearing. Um, classic example, I, you know, I can't mention any names, but I just uh, had a conversation with somebody this morning that they had heard uh, that a, a pretty sizable group uh, out of the midstream space uh, with a footprint out of the Permian might be looking for an exit, not you know not just to sell some of their assets, but a, but a pure exit. And that was something that that I you know I've actually done some work with that group, and and I hadn't heard, so that was you know that was really interesting. And so now I'm you know kind of my my curiosity's peaked, and so I'm going to be kind of seeing what else I can find out. Uh, no, this is this is you know, like you said, this is a good time to be kind of fact finding, and then uh, you're queuing up stuff uh, either for for sale right now or. or, or you know, kind of planning for Q1. So I'm, I'm curious. So let's just let's just call that uh, pink marker. I got a pink marker right here. So pink pink highlighter midstream. So let's just make that up. That's that's the midstream company, fictional midstream company that you heard. I'm curious how you would handle that information because here's how I'd handle it. So pink highlighter midstream, uh, 
Pink Hunter Mystery PHM. PHM says they're getting ready to divest. Their whole, they're wanting to unload the whole thing. I would take that information, and I would go around and start to talk to people in this manner, because presuming I couldn't use their name, I'd go around and contact and say, hey, you know, I heard the other day that this midstream company, whatever size they are, is getting ready to unload all their assets out wherever they're at. Um, is that is that are you hearing that or is this a trend that's going on? I'll actually take that information and ask people who aren't related to that deal at all what they thought about this deal that they don't know about for general information because they may go, oh yeah, well, did you know that so and so and so and so and so and so is doing this? Or they may go, no, but you know some of those companies are struggling because X Y Z. Well, then I take that and I go to the next meeting and I say, okay, hey. I've heard that some companies are struggling because of X, Y, Z. Are you hearing this? So it's about building upon that information. Um, as we've talked about, I think maybe on the show, but definitely all, 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 um, we talked about offline before, I know, but online, I don't know if we have or not. But it's one thing to be able to want to put the deals together, but it's another thing when you kind of have that mandate, hey, I've got a group that's got $50 million or wanting to invest in this, and you ask someone that, then they're more likely to think of that terms. If you take this information and you package it a certain way and you build upon that package, you can get people to give you answers to questions that actually extend your knowledge base because you go um, – Let's just say that the, the rates, the spot price is off or whatever. I heard mystery companies are struggling because the spot price is off right now. Are you hearing that? Yeah, actually, I did notice that the other day that you know four or five mystery companies we deal with, they're complaining about this. They're going to slow down their budget for the first quarter, but the bigger company. So then you just take, so I just keep taking that information, what I, what I hear, and just keep plugging it on along. Um, and next thing you know, you actually have a lot of information from a lot of people because I didn't keep going back to the pink marker scenario. I keep building upon what I'm hearing. And then some people might go, no, no, actually I've heard the opposite. I've heard. And so now you've got a different framework to operate. So then you go someone, you say, well, I've heard this and I've heard this. And so is that how you kind of um, compound that information or how do you handle um, taking something like that if you're not doing the deal, but you're trying to use it for uh, networking purposes? Um, to, again, not to close on, just to, just to learn about. Yeah, no, it's really that's a really interesting uh, question. I mean, I think it, it obviously depends on what the asset is and kind of what the dynamics are, right? Number one, um, but at a high level, yeah. I mean, I, I think you know, if I, so if I was looking at this PHM and trying to figure out the story, I would probably call you know, the, the number of contacts in my direct network and, and ask the exact same question. You know, what, what are you hearing about um, that's going on in this area? You know, I know that these operators are out there. Um, you know, I've been hearing some stuff kind of offline. Um, you know, has, has anything come across your desk? and see how they answer that question. Very open-ended, um, you know, or getting more granular, you know, a, a lot of times. So in this specific example, I haven't made these phone calls because it just happened about an hour before we got on air. But what I'm going to be doing is I know this area well enough to know, and I know this, this market well and, and this team well enough that I'm going to start making some calls in, uh, to some strategic partners that have footprints around these guys and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm hearing some stuff going on in that area. You know, are, are you guys laying down or you know, what, what do you guys got going on and kind of reverse engineer? Because, you know, if, if one of those groups says, Oh no, we're looking to expand. We want to pick up whatever we can. You know, that's like, Oh, well, okay. So if, if what I've heard is true, I've got somewhere to take it. Number one. So that kind of gives me a soft lead, but also that gives me an indication, you know, if, if there's, there's a major, you know, if there's a number of major players in a concentrated area, they're probably going to know what each other is doing, and, and there's going to, you know, there's going to be some some trade of information. Uh, and then, I, you know, I may make some calls to to a rancher or two that I know in the area, if it was surface, for example, and say, hey, you know, I, I'm hearing, uh, you know, so and so is going on. Uh, you know, I know that you were talking to those guys about a lease offer. Has anything changed on your front? Or what, you know, what do you hear? Or what, you know, what's your buddy down the street looking at? Um, and having so being able to kind of play both sides of, of the street, so to speak, is really valuable because you know if you're talking to, or if I were to call somebody at that firm and say, you know, if I had enough, 
find enough good knowledge to like make that phone call. Right. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of hearing some stuff on the ground, uh, you know, that you guys may be making a move on this, on this or that, you know, is there any, you know, is there any validity to that? And, and it's not as though I would expect them necessarily to give you the direct answer, but, but one of the things that I think I do really well, and I think people like yourself do really well is based on what the answer they give you and how they choose their words, you can glean a lot from that answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just about being able to talk to the right people, have the right conversations, um, but like you said, I think one of the keys is it's not possible to call somebody and just say, hey, I'm talking to X group. I think that they're selling. You know, what do you think they're worth? Because right. that's, that's too direct, right? You have, to, right? you have to kind of put the pieces together and get there you know, on the back end rather than. Yeah, and I'm, a, I'm a, and so agree. The only thing I would say differently maybe is, and not that you, I don't think you disagree with this either, is I'm also looking for as much information as humanly possible. Um, that I could consume because, you know, maybe I got bad in, maybe I got bad intel and the pink marker guys aren't really selling, but and I find that out, or maybe they change their mind, or maybe they sell before I can actually do anything with them. But that information allows me to go to people and and grow and and, and do this. And and I'm curious your thoughts because I had someone the other day, I think it was yesterday, he sent me a text and goes, hey. This is where I live at. How do I get with the kind of elite in crowd here? Like, how do I do that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You don't know those people. I don't know. And here's what I told him. I said, but here's what I would do. I would figure out who, so let's just say they get the elite crowd, which is the, the rich people, the politicians, and whatever. Um, who is on the outside of that circle? So campaign managers, executive assistants, um, you know, people that are working for these people. Who are they and what do they want? Now, this person has kind of a unique um business that allows him to probably trade sponsorships and and goodwill in the community for being associated with his name and stuff like that i said so i would try to call up campaign managers just to use this analogy and i'd say hey you know um you know maybe you want to come down here or you know talk to our, our students or you maybe want to come down here and talk to these people or whatever um i would start trading that because that is something that campaign managers are always looking for they're always looking for you know free publicity so you the, the candidates that you like you can get free publicity um in exchange for whatever it is that you're that you're looking to get um, the same thing here with this information is i would say that this information for me is i may have someone who i'm wanting to get in front of and i can't really get in front of uh, but i may take something like this and said hey i'm hearing that there's a midstream company coming up for sale in the permian basin have you heard about that now not 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 willing to no, just, I'm not going to break any NDAs or trust violations, but I might just dabble that out there uh, as a way to get into doors that I historically have struggled to get into uh, because now I actually kind of have some inside information. Um, so I think you can also use information to get people to trust you um, and not try to be deceiving, but just, just through, your, through, through the knowledge that you've acquired. What would you say if I told you that people like your, uh, yourself and people like me are not paid to put deals together, but we're paid to know information in places that other people don't know that information. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically. It, 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 right. it, com- it comes down to, I mean, so yes, being able to put together a deal and walk through the process of the purchase and sale agreement and walk yeah. through closing is valuable, okay? But mm-hmm. that's not like rocket science. You People can figure that out. Mm-hmm. I think what the, the place that you and I make our money is when we hear about something, we're able to figure out what the right questions to ask are, who the right questions, you know, to the right people to ask those questions mm-hmm. of are, and how to synthesize the information on the back. 
right? Because because a lot of it is interpreting what you're hearing and not just taking it as face value and copying and pasting it into an email and calling mm-hmm. it a day. There's right. a lot of there's a lot of due diligence, and so that's I mean you you just hit the you hit the nail on the head really. So let me give you a real world example. Of that this is what I told this person. Uh, so I, you know I got the fighters that I manage, and now I'm the director of international affairs for the bare knuckle guys, right? So let me just kind of walk you through how that worked off. So I picked up some fighters to manage, and yeah, 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 something like that. I picked up some fighters to manage, and. Um, so obviously they need fighters. So I have a, an actual direct tangible asset, but it's the low hanging fruit, if you will. It's the easiest thing to get in with those guys is through the fighters. Okay. So I did that and I've talked to date. So, uh, after that, uh, you know, we, I think Dave's gonna come on the show at some point, so he'll hear all this, but, <laughs> but after that, uh, after the show was over, I went up and I thanked him for having my guy on the show. I really appreciated him. Anything I can do to help you, yada, yada. Okay. So that's a small thing. Then after the show was over, Big, so I had a cell phone number. Anytime a big news release, they signed a big fighter, I'd send out, hey, man, congrats on the big signing. Um, then I would throw out ideas like, hey, um, I know someone who knows this person. Would that be helpful for you? Or are you looking for sponsors? And, you know, and so a lot of those things got a little bit of traction, very small traction. But I kept trying to show I had value. And I wouldn't like every day bugging him and stuff like that. But um, And then we had a, another fighter get on the card. And so that was great for my fighter. Um, and then... I mentioned the fact that I have the association with the South Africans and the Bush China people. I said, are you looking to go to these spots? And he said, yes. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm promoted to this position. Now, if I would have called him up day one and said, hey, um, these are the connections I have in South Africa. You want me to come and do these deals for you? He would have laughed at me and said, uh, no, don't call me again. However, I tried to con- consistently show value, ask for different things that might can help him, and eventually one stuck. And also there was other things I was doing, showing my value that I knew people. And so there's there's other, I'm, I'm kind of short the story out, but I think when we talk about information, you talk about knowing stuff, I think that it, it really gets overlooked is that if you know what people want, you know what they're doing, and you take the information, kind of like the pink highlighter stuff, you can actually convert that into a lot of actionable items and intelligence. Even if you don't close the pink highlighter deal or the bare knuckle deal, you learn so much of that process that someone else comes into your, your network and you're like, oh, okay, well, actually, I know all of these things that Mike can help you. So to me, there's, as you said, the information. I always like to say that give me all the information and let me make the decisions. That's how I like to, I like to think and operate. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and that's a perfect example. I mean, it, it goes back to, I think, episode one. You know, you've, you've been hearing me talk about the radio station, what's in it for me. And so you came into those conversations with the Bare Knuckle guys of where, you know, where can I give them the most value that's frictionless for them? It's just pure value add. And the value add there is, hey, here's what I can offer. Here's the people that I'm in front of. Here's some of the opportunity. Is that something you know, of interest? And then you know, letting them on their own timeline you know, come to you and, and engage. Because like you said, I mean, if you had come out the gate, you know, day one, like, hey, I can put you, I can put your boots on the ground in South Africa, chances are you would have gotten no traction at all. That's, you know, uh, but, but the way that you, you know, continue to hear them and, and Work the relationship and can, and can, and then you know once you found it was appropriate and I think that's one of the other keys is knowing when in the relationship is appropriate to bring these things up and, and not and, and how to frame it because you know, the, even at the time that you did I bet there's a way that you could have framed it that it would not have been received well right and right. so a lot a lot of a lot of that is knowing how and when to to you know to impart the message. Yeah, and that goes back to the fact-finding stuff, asking the questions or, um, you know, hey, I saw you guys were in Mexico. Are you looking to go anywhere else? Yeah, we'd be interested to go to spots. Uh, oh, okay, well, great. You know, what about 
The, you know, and so you're right. It's, it, it, the, you talk about the what's in it for me, and I, I don't dismiss it at all. I think a lot of people don't listen, though. They don't listen, and they don't watch. You know, if you're trying to deal with a, in this case, the bare knuckle is kind of a, a unique deal because they're so public on what they're doing and where they're going, um, at least externally, that you can kind of watch them sign big fighters. You can kind of watch those trends. But even with that, I still have to listen to what he's saying. So I'm trying to balance what they're publicly putting out there and what he's telling me offline to make sure that I'm, I'm trying to bring him value because the reality is he can get fighters for his show anytime he wants. That's the reality. If you look at their Facebook page, they can get fighters anytime. So I'm not offering a unique fighter. I don't have some elite fighter that only I have access to. They can get fighters all the time. Uh, my guys are not super well-known, so I'm not actually bringing a unique value add. I am actually just one of the masses there. And so you talk about cutting through the noise. It's actually harder, and that's the hard work that a lot of people don't want to do is that you have to listen. You have to see what they're doing. You have to see what they're, what's going on here, um, or you can just start echoing the, the message that everyone else is, and then you also have to be willing to um, – you know, uh, bring value and be honest. Cause there was one time where I said, I was told that this person can get you to do this. And he goes, do you know that person? I said, no, I don't. I, I, I don't. I just know that I was told that someone told me that this guy actually is the person. If we can get in his door, you know, we could get certain things done. And he said, do you know? No. I said, no, I don't. I'd be happy to call him if you want me to, but I don't know him. And I think that also, I've tried to be honest where, um, where I've been told things from other people like this could help you. I pass it on. Like, this is helpful. I don't have the direct access or, here I do have direct access because then I say, yeah, you will talk to South Africa. We can get that call set up. Then he knows that I'm going to get the call set up and it's going to happen. And if I say I don't, then I don't. You see what I'm saying about not overselling stuff as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, you, you know, I, I think we, I think we're talking about the same point, right? I mean, yes, right. You, 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 you have to, you, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, no, you, you have to know, uh, what to do with the information when it's appropriate, how to, how to, because let me ask you the question. Let me, let me take it a different route. Think about all the podcasts that you listen to and the, and the books that you read and the new articles that you, that you read on a weekly basis. How often is it not until months later that that information is useful to you or it may take a year or a year and a half. But, but if you can, if you continue to read stuff on the same subject, you kind of build this base knowledge. It's the same thing when talking to people and talking about deals. You, you're, you're hearing things all the time. You're talking to people on a daily basis and that information, it may not like ping you that, Oh, like that was, that was critical until like six months later when you're talking about something completely different. But if you didn't have that original conversation and you weren't trying to engage and just kind of keep an ear to the ground, you miss out on the, on the little stuff. And so you never really get to the big picture, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I mean, I think one of the stories I heard a long time ago was, have you heard the story of the guy who traded the paperclip for the house or whatever? Okay. One of the things that story was, I think it was snow globes. I can't remember. There was some item in there where he's trading up stuff and he wanted to trade with someone and they wanted snow globes. I think it was a snow globe. Um, there was something and he didn't have that to trade with them. But then like three deals later, he remembered that that guy wanted the snow globe or whatever it was. And so he went back to him and boom, there was the trade. And so um, it's, it's the, yeah, the information I think is, is vastly um, underestimated. And now, that's not to say that you can't be just a straight connector. You could literally just be someone who goes, Ben, you want to talk to Bob? I'm going to hook this up. There you go. Um, and there are people who do that. That's just not where I'm not where I'm at in the space. And it seems to me that the the information, um, until you maybe have that database, trading the information is where you have to be at. Yeah, no, let me, give, let me actually give a specific example. And this might actually be someone you know, listening to the podcast that can help and you know, pick up the phone and, 
and call one of us to uh, to have this conversation or you know, uh, call me. But uh, so I just recently had a conversation with a mineral buyer, brand, brand new a group uh, that's looking to deploy some capital in a certain part of the Delaware Basin. And I was able to get exactly what they're looking for in terms of I know what operator they're trying to buy under. I know what price point they can pay. I know exactly what legal descriptions that they're that they're targeting. Um, and so if I, you know, and so once I got that information, I called a couple of my really close con connections and I said, hey, if you find anything under these guys in this area, call me. If it's under this price, we can transact on it tomorrow. Let's get a deal done. And I already have two people, or I already got two uh, in a day and a half, have two leads that I need to follow up on. And so, you know, I don't get that information unless I have an ear to the ground and talking to, you know, okay, so. I found out that these guys have put together a new group. It's brand new money. Obviously, in this market, that's a really interesting dynamic because there's not a lot of new groups with new money coming out in the mineral space these days. But I mean, it's something that could immediately pay dividends. Um, and if somebody else has an ear to the ground, like if, you know, if I were to uh, so offline, I'll tell you, at, you know, after the call what you know the, the specifics are, and you may have somebody you know in your network that you can put together right away. And, and that's that those deals would never come together unless I was you know in the right in the right doors, right? That's exactly right. That's why you are. We're here with Ben Samuels today. He is the greatest closer. I'm kind of NPR. I'm kind of NPR. Can I NPR, please? Sure. Thank you. We're here with Ben Samuels today. He is maybe the greatest closer in Midland, Texas, and Colorado, and Maine, as random as that sounds. Ben, it's great to have you. That was a fascinating story. And it's, um, it's been an honor to have you on the show today. Anything else before we get to our guest? I'm not the one doing deals all over the world. Nate said if it's NPR, we'd be asking for people's money. So with that being said, if you'd like to donate to Bringing the Closers podcast, we would happily take that. Bringingtheclosures.com and you reach out to us. We'll take your money. Cash, check, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, any of those, any of those gold, silver. Any of these things. Any yep. of these things. We'll happy to take your money. Um, ben, before we get to our guest, any final thoughts um, yes, and you're right. I'm glad you – I didn't acknowledge the fact that I am doing the deals all the world. Uh, I, thank you for that. Uh, I, I appreciate that there. That's I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to catch up to you. I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an uphill battle unless you look at LinkedIn. Then it's a downhill battle. Wow. Wow, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. So in case you missed it for our listeners, the running joke has been that Ben has very few connections. And – the reality is, is that he destroys me on LinkedIn content, uh, on LinkedIn views and stuff, because he does have about what two thousand more connections than me, and and has since the start of the show, um, unfortunately. And so, um, Ben, I've admitted that you are the greatest on LinkedIn. I've admitted that you're the greatest on the podcast. Um, where else do, you, do I need to call Trump up, or where, where else do I need to do this at? I mean, it's sad that you have more connections and it's not helping you, but you do have more connections. So Ryan, that's actually a good lead-in to to bring our guest on because uh, a little th little peek behind the curtain because I don't think you and I have even talked about it. Um, my my LinkedIn career, the you know the launch of my LinkedIn presence, so to speak, uh, was actually started by uh, AJ, who's coming on to join us here in a bit. Uh, her and I have been friends for a long time, and she was actually the one that introduced me to it and showed me kind of what, what to do and how to approach it. And at the time that she showed me, it was not something I utilized at all. And, and, and if she wants to talk about it when we get on air, we can. I gave her a lot of pushback on the front end. I gave her a lot of pushback on, on the utility of it, and, and uh, she, she got through, and uh, it's, it's been an upward trajectory since then. So a lot of the stuff that, that I put together, it's because uh, it's of this one coming on. So. You gave pushback on a good idea. That's fascinating. 
I, that's that, fascinating. I mean, that's, prob- that's probably the that's, first time you've heard of that and yeah. <laughs> experienced that. I mean, <laughs> you gave pushback on a good idea. That's that's rich. Me and AJ are gonna have a lot to talk about. I feel like on this show, we're gonna have a lot of content to get to. Uh, matter of fact, if you could mute your mic when AJ comes on, that'd be great because we, we this might be a good therapy session. I'm just gonna do it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, up next we have on AJ T. Cole, who is a senior business development executive at Safe to Save. Uh, Safe to Save. I was going to say .com, but I'm not sure <laughs> I'm going to say that right or not. Safe to Save.org is where it's at. AJ, first off, I owe you a public apology. So let's just get that out the way here. A few weeks ago, me and you were exchanging emails, and I thought that you were doing the right thing and cutting Ben off the chain because he was going to slow down progress. However, it was me that cut him off because it's instinctual to keep him out of stuff that's important because I try to get deals done. Um, and so I blamed you because I thought you had done it because I was like, well, she's really sharp. She would have known to do this. But it was me. So let me apologize for – I wasn't trying to throw you on the bus. I was actually trying to prop you up and you know give you praise. But um, I should have taken the credit there and said I gave it to you. So I owe you an apology. Are paper invoices and payments dragging you back to the office? Automate with Avid Exchange and enjoy 100% digital accounts payable. With 24-7 access and secure e-payment options, you can easily review, approve, and pay your bills anytime, anywhere, from any device. So say goodbye to all that paperwork and hello to the ease and flexibility of automated accounts payable. Learn more at avidexchange.com. That's avidexchange.com. Apology for not for crediting you for something that you didn't do. So I'm sorry about that. I didn't even know that it was a big deal that he was oh. cut out of it until oh. he raised that to me. And so <laughs> I said, I didn't do it. Like, I just assumed you didn't need to be involved. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Thank you. Well put. With with good friends like the two of you, how do I, and I don't need enemies. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, she she knows what's going on. She cut him out. That's, that makes sense. But it was me. It was instinctual. So I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, I didn't mean to, you know. Uh, anyways, so with that being said, hey, AJ, it's um, good to have you on the show. Ben's talked highly about you. And uh, matter of fact, we were just talking about um, some of your marketing stuff with LinkedIn and how you brought him into the 21st century, which is um, thank you for that. He lives in the Stone Ages historically. So uh, can you can you talk about uh, maybe just at a high level, just your thoughts. I'm, I'm curious because Ben was saying how you convinced him on LinkedIn stuff. Just curiosity, how did you get into the LinkedIn and networking and what, what pushed you to use that platform uh, since we are talking to more of a, a business professional type audience? Yeah, absolutely. So I, when I started my marketing agency, which I no longer am, obviously I'm not a marketing agency owner any longer, but when I was starting out that business several years ago, I really looked at what could I do because I bootstrapped my business. What could I do on a shoestring budget that could generate maximum impact? And I thought, well, I don't really have an email list. I don't really have any followers on social media for my business, but I do have this LinkedIn profile and I have great contacts in that profile. And there's tons of people that are willing to network on LinkedIn that are open to invitations from people that they don't necessarily know. And so what I really wanted to focus on was hitting the pain points of people within my network and then also growing my network. So first of all, I, at that point in time, it was considered the LinkedIn business premium plan. Uh, Things have changed. There is still a business premium plan, but now it's sales navigator is what uh, I generally recommend. But what I did is I looked for 
executives in oil and gas that had some type of, you know, marketing say in businesses. At that time, I wanted to work with more small business. And so I just went in, put in all my search filters and just started networking. I said, you know, hey, OTC is coming up. Are you looking for somebody to support your growth goals? Are you looking to do an offsite event, et cetera? And so I was getting a lot of traction from that, but I was also generating a lot of content that appealed to those people. So what I also wanted to make sure is that whatever content I was creating for LinkedIn really made sense for my audience. And I think that that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people is they think that they need to be this certain type of person on LinkedIn, or they think that, you know, they can say anything that they want willy-nilly nowadays on LinkedIn because it's a social network. And um, I think we've kind of lost sight in some ways of what LinkedIn should be and could be used for. So it's important to stay on brand and, you know, focus on your goals. So I'm sorry, Ben. I, I, one, one quick thing there. Sorry, I just wanted you made a great you made a great observation. How did you go about identifying the pain points and making the content around that? Because sometimes, you know, for instance, if we're talking about uh, a mineral buyer, what's well, easy to put up a picture of, uh, you know, here's a mineral asset. Okay, that's not really the pain point, though. I mean, if they're wanting to deploy the capital, they might be interested in that. But you said you you target their pain points. So how did you go about discovering what those pain points were and then capitalizing on that by by uh, making content around it? So that's a great question. It really depends on my goal. So like right now, for instance, what I do at Safe to Save is I really want to connect with a lot of healthcare executives. And the reason being is a lot of their trauma, uh, a lot of their ER visits are coming in because of distracted driving. Um, this is great for oil and gas as well, because a lot of fatal work comp claims, in fact, 41% of work comp claims that are fatal have been due to distracted driving. So I look at data, um, I prospect, I look at their profiles, I wanna get to know what they're talking about. Um, I look for keywords, things that they're discussing um, on their own. Are they already talking about distracted driving or my topic of interest? Are they already talking about things that I can relate back to uh, a solution that I can provide? That's what I look for. So I'm not just willy-nilly messaging people. Instead, I'm really picking up things that they're already talking about. If they were in the media, if they were uh, posting about something that I care about, that's how I make the connection. So I think sometimes people fall a little short and they just assume that every CMO or every CHRO or CEO wants to hear about you know, this great product or solution that they have, but that's not really the case. And that's why people get so frustrated with people trying to like pitch them on things on LinkedIn. So you really got to take the time to get to know what's important to them. And Ashley, I'm going to throw this out at you. You can uh, you know, address it how you want, but I think one of the things that I wanted to kind of volley to you is that over the years that we've known each other, you know, you've been involved in some high, you know, pretty high-level roles at a number of different firms and in a number of different capacities. Uh, you know, you and I have worked on a couple of entrepreneurial things offline that we're able to put together, et cetera. And one of the things that, you know, that I've always admired and, and always noticed is that you're, you're able to very quickly synthesize, you know, what the market is looking for and, and, and you know, create a branding strategy around that. And so I'm curious you know, if you want, if you can maybe dive in a little bit deeper and, and talk a little bit about that, because that's something like, I mean, I, I mentioned before you came on air, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn pretty much because of you. I don't know if you remember, but years, years ago, you and I had a number of conversations. And I gave you a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pushback on, you know, the utility of it. And, you know, it, it just wasn't something I could buy into. And then, I, I, you know, you finally were like, 
been. You have to just try it. And then it's been an upward trajectory since then. Um, and so that was really valuable for, for me. Obviously, my business, I do a substantial amount of my business through LinkedIn these days. And so that's been a really interesting transition. But going back, can you kind of dive in a little bit more into some of what, you know, what are some of the things that you're trying to hone in on? Or what are some of the, um, you know, just kind of talk about how you come up with these branding strategies from, I mean, you've been involved in oil and gas to recycling to, uh, you know, um, road safety. I mean, in completely different markets, but but at the same time, they've been successful in each one of those endeavors. That is a great question. Uh, I I boil it all down to I was that kid that would always ask why. I couldn't ask why enough times. I probably tortured my poor parents because I asked why infinite times, and I never grew out of that stage. And so I think I look at every single project that's put in front of me and I I really ask why to an infinite level of like why should anyone care? Why should anyone give a crap about what you do, what your product is, what your service is? And I try to tie it into a few things. So like today, for instance, I was talking about the six different ways that people are motivated. Um, there are many different things that motivate people. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's helping others, sometimes it's power and recognition, sometimes it's influence. Um, sometimes fame. I mean, you name it, there are, are, are a few things that you can kind of put in, in silo into about six different categories. And so I try to look at every opportunity as a solution to a bigger costly problem. Um, you know, I'm, I'm no, I would not say that my skills are necessarily the strongest when it comes to consumer marketing, but when it comes to business, the greatest way to sell your product or solution is to save another business money. If you can save somebody money, that's like step one. That's such a no-brainer to get in. And so I always look at every solution, every product at how can it save money? How can it save money? If it can't save money, then how is it helping people? Is it saving lives? Is it um, improving quality of life? Okay, I can get behind that. A lot of businesses can get behind that. Um, look for ways that you can position your product or service to get to the root of what motivates people. And if you can find those motivating factors within your product or service, that's a great stepping stone for getting out there and creating a marketing plan and finding out what are your true goals, growth goals. I think a lot of marketers and CMOs in particular step into roles where they don't have clear expectations or tangible goals. And it sets them up for failure. So marketers will come in, directors of marketing, CMOs will come in and, you know, a company will say, well, I want to grow 200% in the next two years or, you know, whatever ridiculous number that they have. But, the CMO comes in, they're not doing buyer personas, they're not digging into the facts of what is it actually going to take to grow that 200% and do you have the budget to actually support that goal or are you just throwing out a number because it looks good? And I, I think a lot of people get stuck in that ladder. So let me ask you this. One of the things I've talked to people about um, from doing the podcast, especially more news-based stuff, is I've learned that the news, especially in oil and gas, is not – 
you know, I always kind of compare it to sports. You know, the Astros won the game four or six four, what it was of the night, and they won the world. They won the ALCS four two. That's all information we pretty much know how to process. Oil and gas news: um, the oil market goes up or down, the inventory goes up or down. It's not necessarily relevant. Um, and a lot of people inside the oil and gas business, they have a message that's directed towards the person that they think is going to make the decision. So if it's Ben, uh, Ben's the operations manager. Here's the message I need to get to Ben. The the problem is that Ben might like that message, but um, but AJ over here in a different department who is a part of the process, that message doesn't resonate with her. Um, how do you go through, I don't want to say mixed messaging, but you, but mixing up your messaging so that you are conveying to Ben and to AJ and to whomever else, um, how do you balance um, putting out the content to get the message? Because Ben reads the message to AJ and we go, that's not relevant to me. So how do you balance that out where you got multiple decision makers you're trying to get in front of or trying to make um, um, interested in what you're doing? Absolutely great question. So number one, segmentation is huge. If you're emailing people or reaching out on LinkedIn or trying to communicate without a face-to-face, it's really important that you are segmenting. So for instance, I'm just going to keep going back to what I've been working on right now. So CHROs, they are concerned about the work comp claims. CEOs, CFOs, they're really concerned about not just the PR, but the monetary value of what it is you're offering. How can you save them money? Um, and so each audience kind of has a different pain point of what they're looking for. And then legal wants to know how is this going to look if we were ever sued. So it's kind of boiling down to who your audience is, how you can hit each and every one of those key stakeholders pain points and how you can overcome. Just I try to look at it as what are they going to say Like, I try to argue everything. I was in debate in high school, and so you have to debate both sides, right? You have to know, you have to know exactly what your opponent is going to say, what their argument is, and you really need to know it like the back of your hand. And so that's exactly what I do is I put myself in their shoes. I do a lot of research on their company, the way they run their company, and I try to assume what their roadblocks are going to be before I ever even start that conversation because I want to know exactly what I'm getting myself into. And generally, I'm not surprised by the questions I get. And I usually have the answers because I did take the time to do that research. So, uh, AJ, I want to pivot for a second. Um, I was I was laughing. I don't know if uh, the viewers should see me. I was laughing off camera because uh, of a conversation that AJ and I had last week. That uh, that was an interest. It was an interesting dynamic. But um, no, I want I want to pivot for a second and step away from the you know the kind of brand marketing role because one of the things that I wanted to kind of pick your brain on. You know, you've had a number of. I'm going to call them advisory roles to some startups that were looking for, you know, infusion of capital, whether to take the next steps or to, you know, to get the project greenlit from the from the get go. And that's, you know, that's a really interesting space. That's a space that Ryan and I are consistently in as well. And, and we've you know, we've talked at length in the podcast about. So I'm curious from that angle, you know, how how do you go about kind of providing value or proving that you have value to these groups that are, you know, are in the infancy of a business plan? And I know that, you know, and I apologize if this is an overstepping. We can cut this out. If you don't want it said, but I mean, I know that you've been able to negotiate some equity for exchange for some of those roles, and, and that's you know, that's that's a fantastic you know, way to go about things. And so I just wanted to kind of see if you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so for me, you know, I'm not a millionaire myself yet, but I plan to be. Right? Everybody wants to be a millionaire, isn't that the goal? Um, but <laughs> the way that I have added value is I have unique skills and a unique ability to really dig deep into these different 
strategic ways to approach the market. And I look for soft spots in the market where I can say, look, we have an easy way in if we just pivot and shift our focus this way. And I think that by opening those conversations, and I've been fortunate enough to have a few great opportunities, you know, come my way, a lot of which happened through LinkedIn and just through some of the content that I put out there. But because of those opportunities, it's really kind of spun off into all these other opportunities that came from it because they've seen the success that I brought, you know, XYZ company. And now this other founder or this group is, is wanting to do something. And so, Generally, the way that I, I look at those opportunities is, number one, I decide, is this something that I believe in? And if it is, then I am willing to invest my time into making it succeed. And my time is valuable. I have a finite amount of time, and I love my free time. <laughs> so if I, do it, if I do decide to invest my time with a startup or a business that is looking for funds, I am trading that time. I'm trading that time for equity. And so I will help you reach your fundraising goals or reach that, you know, growth goal that you have in mind in exchange for a piece of that pie. I'm not just going to work for free. So I understand that these companies don't always have the budget to pay me at the time. And so that's why I think equity is so important is because you can, you know, you're basically paying me interest on the time that I've invested. And, you know, i hope to see the reward for that in the future. And, you know, it's kind of like taking out a loan, right? You're not paying my fee. You're basically taking a loan out for my time. That's how I look at it. So with, with that being said, we have a, a very, 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 very small equity stake of the podcast. If you're willing to, to come on, we'd be happy to, to have you on the podcast as a um, equity partner here. Um, and we've, 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 we've earned uh, zero dollars so far, but you can have a, a small, very small percentage of that. The second thing is, I'm curious about this, and, and I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, so let me let me, let me kind of flush it out here. Um, you have a very, and this is the first time I've ever talked to you, so you have a very bubbly personality. Um, it's a lot different than my personality, right? So I like to have fun, but you, you're you more bubbly, and that's not a criticism. One of the things that I've learned is is that my personality, um, sometimes people like it, sometimes they don't. And um, your personality is, would, I, would, I would argue, is probably more universally um, liked. Do you play that up? Do you use that to your advantage? Because you have a very likable personality. You're very, you like to laugh. You you like to smile. Like do all those things. Do you use that to your advantage, um, or is it just something that's just kind of natural and it's just it's just who you are? Well, you know, it's uh, believe me, not everybody likes me. <laughs> well, being believe being, me, not everybody. I'm not going to bring it up me. on the show, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think my personality is. I am lighthearted and bubbly, but at the same time, you know, I, I, don't, I don't accept everything. I can tell people no, and I definitely have strong, <laughs> strong feelings about certain uh-huh. things, and, sure. That's true. you know, I, I don't work with everybody. <laughs> right, right. Well, and one of the things I've tried to figure – go ahead, Ben. I was, no, I was going to say, because, um, I mean, Ryan, you're absolutely right, and, and I can give it a little bit of a different take beca- uh, because of the relationship that, uh, that AJ and I have. Uh, you know, one of the things that is fascinating to me and I think is so valuable is that she is one of the most 
calculating in a good way and, and intelligent people that I know in the sense that you have this kind of front that you can be very bubbly and engaging and, and all these things and you and you bring people in. But at the same time on the back end, there, there's a lot going on in, in the head of kind of synthesizing all the information. So I think it's really valuable. I don't know why Ryan's giving me the look that he is, but AJ, before you respond, I'm going to go, I'm going to throw this to Ryan real quick. Cause I'm real curious what that look was. I don't know what that was, but did you catch that AJ? He said, you have a front. He said, you have a front of this bubbly personality. Those were the okay. exact quotes. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know how to take that, but you're calling her a fraud. I mean, it's like, whoa, whoa, shots fired, dude. Wow. No, I was trying to bluster her up, and you're like, no, it's a front. There's the outward persona, and then there's what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I think everybody has that, but thank you for twisting my words in a negative. <laughs> but but also, if we throw it to AJ, I don't think she'd disagree with me. I think that, I think that she, whether she wants to on air or not, I don't think she would disagree. <laughs> you know, I will address this because <laughs> <laughs> I know why I know why he's saying this and <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate's over here throwing me under the bus on the chat. Y'all can't even see that, so uh, I'm re- I'm reading Go it. ahead, go ahead, AJ. I'm sorry. No, it's it's not that I you know, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't I think using the term brunt makes it sound more negative than it is. But what I do like to do, it, it, it's okay. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I am just saying <laughs> <laughs> that I can be very stern and I do have very strong opinions and I do not get along with everybody. And I'm not, I do not always have the greatest fans <laughs> because of that. It can be hard because when, when you come off as bubbly and friendly and, and, you know, warm, and I do genuinely believe that I am friendly and I love people and I feel like I try to treat everybody kindly. And I am also, unfortunately, my father's daughter in that I do, I can hold grudges and I can, I can treat people exactly the way they treat me, and sometimes they find that unexpected. I'll leave it at that. Wow! Wow! So, wow. just to, just to codify the point, that's what I was getting at. And you're right; I probably <laughs> framed it the wrong way. But but the, but the point being that AJ, when you're when you were in your room with somebody, if somebody steps over the line, you have no no problem calling them on it and setting them back in line. And that's all I meant. There, there's yeah. there's this there's this line between I'm going to play ball and, and I'm going to be bubbly and friendly. But if you you know if you go this way. You're, you know, I'm not just going to let you roll over me. Well, and the reason, I, yeah, the reason I brought it up is because one of the things that I struggle with is if I read like Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, I'd imagine someone with your personality would probably be able to execute that strategy in that book very well. Whereas me, it's it's very laborsome. I can do some things in there, but a lot of the stuff is very is very uh, very hard for me. And so there, I'm always fascinated by different personality types because. Um, you know, I have my personality type and it, it is what it is. And I try to, you know, to try to work within the, the who I am, but you have a different skill set. And so it's like, okay, I could see that being a very, very great leverage, despite Ben calling it a front, which we won't get into anymore. Um, safe to save.org is the website that's S A F E, the number two S A V E dot O R G. We'll link to that in the show notes. AJ, this has been wonderful. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed your bully personality, which I do believe is real. Um, and so it's been great. We, we thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to plug, promote people connect with you, Anything else that you want to say before we let you out here today? Yes. So I I work with a lot of fleets 
a lot of people in oil and gas, a lot of healthcare providers, a lot of restaurants. I work kind of all over the space to end distracted driving. You're probably asking how that all ties together. But, um, you know, I mentioned work comp related injuries, 41% are due to distracted driving, fatal injuries. Um, you know, it's really important, especially in oil and gas, uh, we're kind of faced with a lot of issues and safe to save is one of these one of the programs that positively reinforces change so rather than you know punishing people threatening to fire people that stuff really isn't leading to sustainable change so programs like safe to save i'm really passionate about i was hit by a distracted driver last year um, so i really want to end distracted driving i'm lucky to be here i was hit head-on by a truck and I'm here, all my fingers, on my toes, I can still walk, it's amazing. So I want to, to help people. And if there are any safety managers or just anybody that's passionate about any distracted driving, I would love to hear from you. Let's connect on LinkedIn. There we go. And, and, uh, actually, if I, can give you, if I can give a quick plug, because I've been on the app now for about two, three weeks, uh, you know, from the from the ground level up, you know, anybody that's listening to the podcast, if you're a driver for a company or if you're, you're just a driver out of the Permian, uh, you know, I, I think, actually, I guess out of the three of us, I'm the only one that has boots out on the ground in Midland. But, I mean, it is absolutely brutal out there. You've got to really be paying attention. And so this may be something that you want to uh, you know, bring bring to the attention of the company you work for. But also, just on a personal level, it's actually really helped me. Uh, you know, I drive a lot. Uh, and it's helped me consciously put the phone down and, and, and unplug. So it's something that, that I would strongly recommend. Just you know, download it. It's it's safe. And then the number two, save. Um, it's it's something actually also, if you're out in the Permian, uh, Midland, Odessa, they have some of the perks are like some small, you know, local coffee shop type thing. So it's not just, you know, um, you know just the big names. It's a really cool thing. So I just yeah, wanted and, to throw that out there. Great point, Ben. Final thing is, if you work for a vendor and you're always worried about your safety rating, um, you know this product can help you with that because you lower your accidents, you lower your, your near misses, all that stuff. So, you know, if you're if you're one of those people, we talk about trading information early on the podcast, Ben. Trade information. Here's something you can take to your CEO or your health, safety, and environmental guy or gal and say, Hey, I heard about this app. We should try it out. This could lower our um, our, our score and get us in with more clients because we've been re- we we we're a small business, but we were rejected one time by a large company because we had an injury from like twelve years ago, and it was. But we don't have a lot of safety turnover, so it's kind of like eh, okay. But but lowering your score is important for some clients, and so this could be a way to help that for future clients that you're trying to get or keep your current clients because some clients will boot you if you um you, you go past that number. So actually, uh, AJ AJT, I thought it was AJT cool. AJT Cool, I think that's even better than T Cole. So start, can, I, can I just call you T Cool? Just drop the AJ, call you T Cool from this point forward. T Cool, T Cool, it's been an honor um, to have you on the show. Um, I'm glad we worked through Ben's stuff. We'll talk more online. We're connected on LinkedIn now, so we can exchange notes without him creeping in. And uh, safetosave.org is the website. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And I will say, if uh, anybody that downloads the app that listens to this podcast, if they enter in the code AJ Cole, as in my name, they'll get 500 bonus points, which is like the equivalent of a burger at a local burger joint. So check it out. One, one word, AJ Cole, just put one, one word like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Can I do that? T, T Cool, now that would be a I think Carl have one. Yeah, you got to hit it. Okay. All right, T-Cool. It was great to talk to you, and thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks, AJ. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. And that was my new BFF, T-Cool, with safetosave.org. And so, Ben, that went fantastic from my perspective. What did you think? 
that went just about as uh, well as I could have expected. I mean, yeah, we're 15 episodes in, so I'm used to it by now. Hey, you know. Oh, man. Okay, well, we are up against the clock. Um, ben, any final thoughts before we get out of here today? I got nothing. I, I'm, I'm, I, you, got all, you got all out of me in the last hour. I got nothing else. I'm, I'm okay. Done. Uh, that's that's a benefit for the listeners. Thank you so much for that, Ben. Uh, be sure to check out Save to Save. Um, that sounds like a pretty interesting deal, especially as you mentioned out there. I get nervous. I drive a big F two fifty when I'm out there driving around Midland. I am nervous. It's like man, it is big trucks. Even just the big trucks on the road, there's so many of them. You just kind of play that numbers game in your head. You know, I'm, I'm eventually gonna get clipped. Not count all the F one fifties, F two fifties, and then all the other cars. So uh, anything we can do to re- reduce driver safety is a great thing. And again, we talk about trading information. You're a vendor, you're a salesperson, you're in some client's office, and they're talking about something. This is the type of information you go, well, well how are you guys doing your truck safety? Oh, well, we don't have anything. Oh, do you know about this? And I'm going to hook you up with 500 points or whatever it was she said uh, there at the end. Get those details before you pitch this. But I'm going to hook you up with a discount as well. Um, those are the types of things that Ben and I try to use. It's in, the, it's in the noggin. We might not use it for two months, three months, but every meeting now for the next two or three weeks, I'm going to be on high radar going, okay, is this something I can drop for someone to make sure that this can bring value to someone? I'm not getting a dime off of it. She's not paying me anything. So I'm not like, I'm about to say, but but for it could help pay me with a vendor or a client later on down the road. So that's it for this week's show. Ben, thank you for showing Oh, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> and Ben Samuels has joined us once again for this week's program. It was nice to have you on, Ben. People can connect with you on LinkedIn. You will be... Um, back on the next episode of Bringing the Closers. This is Ryan Ray signing off. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, What happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, My laptop was up there, too. (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it, with no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.